Hey everybody, welcome to Church Online. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We're in week three of a series we've called, Here We Go Again. In week one, we talked about here, the word here. We are here. It's hard to know where you're going in life, even physically, if you don't know where you are to begin with. And we discovered in week one how to just determine, be honest with ourselves about where we are spiritually, relationally, financially. Fill in the blank. Where are you? Be honest with yourself as you begin this new year about where you are and where you want to go because I believe this and the Bible teaches it that God will give us wisdom if we ask, if we, if we know, if we're honest about where we're starting, then God can get us to where he wants us to be. So week one we discussed that. Week two we discovered the word we. We are the church. Man, I loved that message. We exist for the world, that the church, the local church, that's you and I. You know, the church isn't a place we go. It's not a building. It's not a. Uh, it's not a logo. It's it's a people. The church is a people, and we are the church, and we exist for the world. And we talked about it in week two last week. We talked about how the church is essential, how it's foundational, and I love that it's eternal. Are we as the church? Come on, you and I, where we are. Are we? viewing every day in light of eternity? Do we realize, do we recognize that the life that I'm living, the decisions that I'm making, everything echoes in eternity? It's more than just the here and now. My life is more than just the here and now. Everything that I get to be a part of, I should view it in the lens of eternity. The church is eternal. And when we look at life that way, when we look at the season that we've come through in 2020 and moving into 21, and we look at the life that's ahead of us to go, come on, it's important that we realize it's, it, we need to look at it in view of eternity. Come on, have we lived our life in the past, even now? Am I looking at it in the future in that view? Can, that makes all the difference. When I view my life in, in, in the lens of eternity, it makes all the difference. That challenges the way that I think. It challenges the posts that I make in my social media. It challenges the conversations that I have, the relationships that I'm committed to, the things that I allow on my calendar, the stuff that I do, the church that I'm committed to. It challenges my commitments when I know that eternity is coming. And the Bible teaches us that it is soon to come, that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We are the church. And we exist for the world. And then this week, week three, my goal is to challenge you and to convince you to go. Come on, I'm not um, naive to think, and I don't think you are, to think that over the past 13 months or so that um, many of us have just stalled in our purpose. Many of us have stalled in our passions. Many of us, maybe we were so passionate about a, feel, a certain thing, and because of the circumstances of the year and the circumstances of just life, uh, many of us have just stalled in that. We've pushed pause in those passions and those desires, maybe in those callings that God has called us to. And, um, this, the, the goal of today is really to convince you 
to go. Go after it. Go get it. Don't allow the circumstances or the surroundings uh, of, of what's going on around us today stop us from doing what God's calling us to do. So the question is, what have you felt God calling you to do? What have you felt God moving you? What direction do you feel like the Lord is moving you in? Do you even have a direction? Or are you like so many people in America and really around the world just existing? When we planted this church nine years ago, we realized that there's so many people just existing. And we decided that, you know what, we, we're tired of doing that. In our life, our personal lives, we, were, we want to discover what it meant to live our life on purpose. Come on, with passion, with a desire to make a difference in the world around us, and a desire to change our family trees, and a desire to honor God with our lives. Maybe you, if you're honest with yourself, you don't really have a lot of get up and go. You're just doing good every day to stay above water. You're just feeling as if you're just treading water. You're just getting through the day, going to bed, waking up, getting through the day again tomorrow. There's really not a lot of passion and purpose in your life. Maybe there used to be. Maybe there hasn't ever been any. And maybe today, as a result of God's Word, you can begin to discover what it means to live your life on purpose. You know, one of the things I've discovered over the years of my own life that being able to get up and go and do is really all about momentum. It's all about momentum. It's all about getting forward, starting to move. And, and our theme verse kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of what that looks like. It's in Psalm chapter 143, verse 8. He says, God, let me hear of your unfailing love each morning. I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. One of the hardest things about gaining momentum is which way am I actually going to begin to push the ball? Which way, which way am I actually going to try to move? In, in what direction? Because momentum can't actually happen unless a direction is decided. We talked about that week one. We, we, it can't actually move forward until you know which way you're going. So God, order my steps. Show me where to go. And then at some point, I've got to start pushing I've got to start moving. Momentum is a physics term. It refers to the quantity of motion that an object has. How much, how, how forceful are you moving? For example, a sports team that, uh, that is on the move, they have the momentum. They have momentum. And if you're a sports fan, you know that momentum can shift in a moment. It can shift from one side to the other. It all depends on who's moving forward with the most force, the most weight, uh, the most unity. All of that goes in together. If an object is in motion, on the move, then it has momentum. Momentum. I'm reminded of a, of a story uh, in the Old Testament uh, from a guy named Joseph. Come on, he, had, he, gained, he began to gain momentum in his life. We're reading the Bible uh, again this year, 21, uh, through these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We began the process of just reading the Bible through a year. We're in the one-year Bible, and we'll continue that on through the rest of this year, even past 21 days uh, of prayer. And, and we've been reading through Genesis already, and we've come through this story yet again. And Joseph had had incredible momentum in his life, even against all odds, even when life 
just didn't make sense. Come on, 2020 has had its disproportionate share of pains, problems, and pressures leading into, come on, the calendar swapped. We're in 2021 with a brand new year, and it is still seemingly disproportionate. Pressure, pain, problems for many. Come on, it's just the thing to stop any momentum that you may have ever had in your faith or in your relationship or in your careers, in your marriage. For many of us, it seems that all momentum has just stalled. It's just stalled. It was like a head-on collision with life, right? You're moving, you're, you're, you're pushing forward, you're doing everything you can to do the right thing at the right time to gain momentum, and wham, you just hit a wall, and it just stops all momentum. If any forward momentum we may have had was transferred into some of us just a heap of nothing, just stalled completely. For anything to completely stop and forward momentum, come on, it has to pack a devastating punch. If you know or have seen anything about physics, like to stop forward momentum, it's got to be an overwhelming punch to stop anything moving forward. And I would say that um, if you're tuning in today, many of us have experienced that if it was in the form of a virus or in the form of relationship struggling or maybe you've pushed pause on your faith in some point uh, or another in the past year. Whatever it was, the enemy has come in and he has accomplished his goal in many people's lives. The Bible talks about it. Jesus reveals the secret of the enemy because he's so uh, he's secretive, right? He, can, he, he doesn't necessarily come full forward with the truth. And the Bible says the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy. That's John chapter 10 verse 10. Jesus revealed the truth of what the enemy's goal is in our life. It's to stop all momentum moving forward. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. What does that mean? Jesus said, I came to give you back your momentum. I came to give you back your get up and go. I came to give you more than enough life. Whatever the enemy has stolen, that's his goal in your life. I came to restore it, even more than restore it, fulfill it abundantly. That's the goal of Jesus in our life here and on through to eternity. So the goal of the enemy is to completely stop all momentum. Come on. The goal of Jesus is to completely move it forward. Well, when Jesus died, the enemy thought that he had stopped all momentum. He goes to the cross, and the enemy of all things, he thought he had won. And then he, what he thought was a death blow was actually the catapult of the greatest movement heaven has ever had, the greatest momentum heaven had ever seen, the greatest movement the world has ever seen. Maybe, maybe 2020, maybe the past 12 to 13 months, maybe those setbacks in your life, if uh, if we are positioned correctly, they really could have been, they really could have been a setup for the greatest momentum our lives have ever seen. Joseph, we just spoke about, Joseph received a dream when he was 17 years old. And he goes and he tells his family, I've received a dream. God has spoken to me. And it says, he said, in this dream, the stars and the sun and the moon bowed down to me. And many of you uh, may know that Joseph had this gift of interpreting dreams. And he knew that that meant that he was going to rule over. 
his family, his brothers and his mother and his father. He was going to rule over not just them, but somehow God was going to take this insignificant young 17-year-old shepherd and make him a ruler over the world. He was going to be an international impact. He was going to make a difference not just in his family. He was going to be a ruler over thousands, many people. And it wouldn't you know it if you know the story in Genesis chapter 37, not long after he revealed that dream, the Bible says his brothers were jealous and sold him into slavery. And he revealed this dream and he began to pick up momentum and instantly the enemy sneaks in and he spends the next 13 years as a slave, accused of rape falsely, thrown into prison, serving in a dungeon, For 13 years he lived his life thinking he had received a dream from God, a call from God. And I don't know if you're like me, but at some point along those 13 years, somebody surely would have thought, maybe I missed God. Maybe you would have felt as if you've lost all momentum. But Joseph understood something that I want us to understand. I believe that Joseph understood that he could never let the reality of your surroundings drown out what God has placed inside of you. See, I want you to go for it. Go after it. Go get it. Come on, go after your health this year. Go after the raise or the increase. Or Man, maybe you need to start the business. And as you do, as you're chasing after what God has placed inside of you, you can't let the surroundings of what's going on dictate or change what God placed in you. And so I want to share with you three things today that I think are pivotal as we chase after whatever it is in your life. Come on, God's placed it inside of me. I've got dreams. I've got passions. I've got desires. And I know that's different than yours individually. But I know that all of our individual passions, all all of our individual goals, all of our individual dreams can work together because we are the church, the body of Christ. And if we chase after those individual things that God's given us, we can make an impact in the world like the world has never seen. So I want to pray, and we're going to dive into these three things, these three principles that I think are going to be helpful as we walk into this journey together this year. Father, we love you. We're thankful for your grace, and we're thankful for your word, and we're thankful for your call on our life. So God, open our eyes to see and our hearts to know who you are. God, let us receive your word and live our lives on purpose in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, number one, you're going for it. Number one, you need to remember that you need to focus on the facts. Focus on the facts. I love Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. This is years. This is almost 11 years into prison, into uh, the, the uh, attempt of the enemy to stop the momentum of God's call on Joseph's, on Joseph's life. And he replied, the Bible teaches, uh, shows us in Genesis 40 that he was in jail, he was in prison, and there were two men that had dreams. And nobody could figure it out, no one could interpret it, but Joseph could. And 11 years into receiving what he thought was a dream from God, a call from God, and nothing seemed to be going in that direction, he, he talks to these men and they say, can you, can you interpret our dreams? Listen to what it says. And he replied, we, uh, uh, and they replied that we both had dreams that night. No one could tell us what they mean. And here's what Joseph said, interpreting dreams is God's business. He replied, go ahead and tell me. 
Now put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He had had a dream from God. And for 11 years, it seems as if that dream was completely false. It seems as if all momentum had stopped. But Joseph, you see, Joseph focused on the facts. He didn't allow the surroundings around him. He didn't allow the circumstances around him to dictate the truth that God had spoken into his life. Eleven years had passed from the moment that he had had the dream until the moment that he had spoken to these men. And something still swelled up inside of him to know that if God placed something there, then you have to trust what God said. Focus on the facts. I love Philippians chapter 4. Paul teaches us to, to do that and even in this season of our lives. He says, and now, dear brothers, remind yourself that Paul's in prison in this moment. I want you to, to, uh, to focus on one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I tell you, I've learned in my own faith journey that it's impossible to focus on the good. It's impossible to focus on the God when all of my focus is on everything else. Come on, it's impossible to focus on God's call for your life and the purpose and plan for your life when you are surrounded by social media and news outlets and everything else telling you what the world is doing, what culture is doing. Come on, you can be inundated. You can be consumed with it if you allow yourself to be. And if you allow that to happen, you will slowly but surely begin to lose track of the facts of God's call on your life, the truth of God's purpose and plan on your life. Come on, what purpose do you have? What call has God placed inside of you that you have begun to allow the circumstance surrounding the world around us to, to drown out? Come on, Joseph didn't allow that to happen. Paul didn't allow that to happen. I want to encourage you to focus on the facts. I know many of us are tempted to walk away. We've been tempted to walk away from our faith, focusing on what's going on around us. Don't do it. Don't walk away from your purpose. Focus on the facts. How do you do that? You need to write it down. You need to write down where you're going. What do you feel like the Lord is leading you to this year? What have you felt like the Lord has been leading you to in your life? Be specific. Come on, Joseph was specific. What's the dream? What's the dream? Make a plan. Bring somebody along with you. Come on, even you may look back and think it was detrimental for Joseph to talk to his brothers, for Joseph to tell his family the dream. But ultimately, we realize that it was God's plan. God made, orchestrated everything to bring Joseph to where he was. Bring someone along. Invite somebody along with you. Come on, a Bible reading plan with friends, a gym habit with someone. Budget, get accountability, show someone marriage. Maybe it's counseling. You're bringing someone along with you so that you can begin to focus on the facts. Am I drawing my facts from what's happening around me or from the truth of God's word and the power of his spirit? Come on, today, fix your thoughts. Focus on the facts. What is God speaking to you that may look different than the world around you? Number two, this one's huge. I would say form good habits. Form good habits habits. I love it. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. Paul keeps on. He continues on. He says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. 
One of the things I look back on, and when when you read the story of Joseph, and when you see Genesis chapter 37 all the way through 50, you begin to see all of the things that happened over that 13-year period from 17, from 17 years old. I begin, I believe with all of my heart that Joseph never stopped practicing the purpose and plan for his life. We see that because Joseph never stopped interpreting dreams. He interpreted for the cupbearer and for the uh, and, and for the servants of Pharaoh. He, he interpreted their dreams, even though the world would have looked at him and said, "Joseph, you're no good at this. You said that you dreamed about all of this, and look at where you found yourself." Joseph focused on the facts, and he formed good habits. He didn't allow the circumstances surrounding him to dictate how he would respond. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. How we respond to something matters. Then it matters way more than what's actually happening. To us and Joseph responded with good habits. It's one thing to talk about it, it's a whole nother thing to put it into action, to put action to the process. Here's what I've learned that we typically practice what we focus on. Isn't that true? We typically fat we, we practice what we focus. It's why it was so important that Joseph began, he focused on the facts of the truth of God's word because it dictated how he practiced. The habits of my life are generally an overflow of my focus. Practice, what does that mean? All that you've learned and received from me. Keep putting into practice. What it is, fix your thoughts Put them into practice. We say it all of the time. Little tweaks lead to high peaks or low valleys. Come on, what tweaks have you placed in your life? Come on, if you're going after God, open your Bible. Pray every day. If you're going after your purpose, find a way to serve consistently. Your purpose isn't about you. If, if you're, you, you need to serve other people, volunteer in the, in the city consistently. Whatever you do, put it into practice. What is practice? Form good habits. Habits. Do it again and again and again, over and over and over. It's a form. I'm forming. I'm fashioning. I'm building. I'm doing. It's not something that I decide to do today and it's immediately going to be an automatic thing. It's something that I have to commit to daily. Well, many of you know that we've got a new puppy around our house, and she's incredible. She's a lot of fun, and I love training our puppy. I'm just fascinated with the amount of things that you can teach and train a dog to do. We've been dog people my whole life. We've always had dogs, and I've just enjoyed so much training this new puppy. And everything I've learned, that everything that she is learning is because of hundreds of of repetitions, like hundreds and hundreds. We do it over and over and over again. We walk every day the same track, the same route in our yard and in our home, and we take the same, we do the same routine. She eats at the same time every day. She goes outside every two hours on the dot. When we remember, when we're uh, uh, consistent enough, we are training her to be consistent. And what I've learned is consistency is key. Here's another thing that I've learned, that really the key to success in life, it's kind of boring. Are you ready for it? Here's the key. Just show up every day like clockwork. Do it over and over and over again. Form new habits. I learned this this week that it can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days for a person to form a new habit. And it's an average of 66 days before that new behavior becomes automatic. You see, Joseph 
Joseph focused on the facts and he realized that it was going to require him every single day to get up and to put those spiritual things into practice. Those, the knowledge that he received, the truth that he knew that he had gained from, from the Father, he was going to have to practice it. He was going to have to form and to fashion those habits so that he didn't drop and he didn't leave behind the passion and purpose that God had placed inside of him. Can I tell you how easy it would have been for him to sit in a dungeon and allow all of that stuff, all of those dreams, all of those passions to completely waste away. How many of us are in a life right now and we've allowed the circumstances of our life, we've allowed the, the situations that's happened, the things that have gone on over the past year politically, physically, all of the things that have happened, and we've allowed that to dictate our habits Come on, we don't eat as good as we used to. There's no exercise. There's no, we're, not, we're not taking care of ourselves physically. We've put down our Bibles. We've, 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 not, we've stopped praying. We've, been, we've grown frustrated. Our relationships are struggling. We've allowed all of that to form and to shape bad habits in our life. And I tell you, just start doing it. Go after it. Make some changes. Come on, an even more sobering thought is that I am what I am today because of the consistent actions over the past year in my life. Well, maybe you're looking at yourself in the mirror today and you go, I don't like this about myself, this about myself, this about myself. I'm struggling with this. And you, you, you can name a list a mile long of all the things that need to shape and change and mold. And, and if you're honest, what we have to come to, the reality of the, the matter is we're here today because of the decisions we made in our yesterday. We've allowed the enemy to come in and steal, kill, and destroy my anxiety, my finances, my faith, my joy, my friendships. It's all a reality of what I have allowed to take place through the habits that I've formed over the last 12 months. Come on, it's all a result of my response and actions. What do I need to shift and what do I need to change now to begin to move forward into what God's calling me to do? And then the last thing I'll share with you is you need to frame your perspective. You need to frame your perspective. I love it in Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph could have been bitter. He could have been angry over all of the stuff that happened over the course of his life. But listen to what he said. He told his brothers, don't worry. I know you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Wow, what a perspective. He could have looked at it from every angle and it was justified, right? He was done wrong. He was lied to, lied about. It wasn't his fault, but he framed his perspective through eternity. He framed his perspective through the angle of God's call on his life. I realized that God meant it all for good. Paul said it in Philippians chapter 4, For I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. He said, Life's not been easy, but God's purpose has been great. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or with an empty stomach, with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so... You have done well to share with me in this present difficulty. Come on, he says, I can do all things through Christ. I framed my perspective. It's not about me. I'm not allowing the circumstances around me to dictate what God has done inside of me. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to chase the dream. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. No matter what. 
The Bible teaches us that when we do that, that God is ultimately always faithful. In order to move into my ultimate destiny, we've got to frame our perspective through the lens of the Father and His Word. I realize that God intended it for good, so I'll walk through it. I love the book of Numbers, chapter 23. He says that he reminds his people, he said, God is not a man that he, so he doesn't lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Of course not. He's always been faithful. You'll never see a time where God wasn't faithful. Come on, if the angle in which I'm seeing things right now isn't lining up with God's word, it isn't lining up with God's purpose for my life, then I need to change angles. Come on, you need to frame your perspective. Stop stop grabbing hold of what the what culture around us is shouting and grab hold of God's purpose and plan for your life. Go get it. Go after it. Chase after it. And know that God's going to be faithful. I want to pray with you right where you are. Maybe you're here today and you've struggled framing your perspective. You've struggled. You've struggled with, with knowing God's purpose and God's plan. You've struggled with focusing on the facts. You've struggled with, with good habits, and you've struggled with the decisions you've been making. And all of it, truthfully, honestly, it's, it's more than you've been able to handle. Maybe you'd be here today and you're honest with, you, uh, with yourself. You've not really been able to do those things because you really don't even know who Jesus is. You really haven't grabbed hold that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And right where you are, I want to lead you into a relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, the step number one to going after everything God has for you is first of all, knowing God, knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. He has a purpose and a plan for your life that's greater than anything you could dream up on your best day. And no matter what you've done, there's nothing that could separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that He so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So right where you are, I want to lead you into that brand new relationship with Jesus. Father, you would say, forgive me of my sins. I confess today that there's nothing good inside of me apart from Jesus. And God, I need, I need you more now than I ever have. I recognize today that I need a Savior. I believe, Jesus, that you died and rose again. You came back to life conquering death, hell, and the grave. And today, I accept you as my Savior. And from this point forward, I'm going to follow you as my Lord. Thank you, Father, for salvation. And Father, for my friends who maybe they're here, they're tuning in online, or they're on a podcast. God, wherever they are, they, they trust you as their Savior, but they've lost sight of your purpose and your plan. They've not focused on the facts. God, they've, they've formed some bad circumstances and habits in their life. And God, they're looking at things from the wrong angle. God, help us to understand and realize that even when we don't necessarily understand your hand, that we can always trust your plan. And so God, I pray that you would guide us, direct us. Holy Spirit, dwell inside of us. Order our steps so that we can begin to live our lives full of purpose in a way that honors you. Jesus, that you would get all of the honor and all the glory out of our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen.